All right, welcome back. So like, this week we've got a special guest. Uh, Patrick's not able to make it. Mm-hmm. We'll just say schedule conflicts in the fact that him and I have uh, different art schedules differ, so it's sometimes hard for us to kind of coordinate. Luckily, I have an amazing special guest who happened to be in town for the weekend for my daughter's dance recital, as well as my son testing for his solid yellow belt. So without further ado, let me introduce our returning guest, I guess you could say, because we recorded this, we recorded one other time, about this time last year, actually, um, my mother, Susie Hall. Welcome. Thank you very <laughs> much. Good to be back. Yes. And uh, basically, anytime I can get a chance to record with her, I am definitely going to take, you know, I'm definitely going to try and maybe uh, bribe her with a glass of wine um, after everybody goes to bed and talk movies and really anything else. Um, it was humorous because I, I said, I sent her a text before I, you know, when I knew she was coming down saying, hey, what was the last movie you saw? And then you responded with? Clue. Which I just immediately started laughing because it's a movie that it's kind of, and at least in our household, is just kind of a classic, whereas a lot of other people may not have either watched it because it did come out in 1985 or... They didn't, you know, they just didn't grow up with that movie. From my memory, I honestly don't remember the first time we watched it. All I know is that we've probably rented that movie from a video store more than any other movie that I can think of. And that's including Top Gun and probably, I don't know, pretty much Spaceballs, I guess was one we probably... Trying to think of some other movies we rented like a lot as a kid, um, but I know Clue was definitely one we pretty much wore out at the video store. And I know uh, <laughs> there for a while when we were when we had moved, we would watch it a lot, and we would definitely watch. It's definitely one I remember checking out whenever I felt whenever I felt sick. It would always be one I would request. Or if there was a snow day. And I know we wore my grandparents out watching that movie. Because <laughs> I can think of at least one or two times where as soon as I finished watching it, I rewound it and started it again. It's just a, a fun movie that has so many stars in it. Some some of which were not real big stars at the time the movie was made. But it's just funny. It's just a funny movie, and I think probably the first time or two that you saw it, you were not old enough to catch all of the humor in it. It certainly had some physical humor that uh, was suggestive and so forth, but uh, bringing a board game to a movie was just short of genius, I think. And it was well-written, and it was certainly well-acted. Yeah, I agree with you, and to kind of go with that... uh no other, you know, at that time in 1985, you know, bringing a board game to turn it into a movie is not really something that had been, well, it hadn't been done before because they, you know, it hadn't been till, gosh, uh, I'm trying to think how many years back, several years back, they 
<laughs> they tried to do Battleship the movie. And I'm just going, why would you try and make a movie out of Battleship? And then it goes completely off the rails and introduces aliens. And it's just, uh, it, 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 was, it was a hot mess. It certainly was. I think uh, all ages can enjoy Clue, too. It's not a movie that just certain age groups would appreciate or enjoy, but uh, that anybody that has a sense of humor will just laugh. And I, I laugh every time at the same places and almost start laughing before they happen because I know they're about to happen. Yes. And it just... Starting from uh, the very beginning, it, it's the typical horror show. It shows that there's a storm, of course. Yes. There's uh, the big uh, scary mansion. Yep. Uh, the butler has a cook, a maid, and they're pretty unconventional uh, character types. And, uh, of course, the two guard dogs. And that's, yes. uh, they are the prelude to the first running gag in the uh, show, which every time uh, the, well, was it Wadsworth? Yes. He's the, yes. the butt law. And he steps in a little doggy do on the front step and he tracks it in and he's sniffing around looking for where the smell's coming from. And then every subsequent uh, guest that appears. Yeah. Is doing the same thing, whether it's Mrs. Black sniffing the air or uh, actually physically looking at uh, people's shoes yes. to see where this is coming from. Yeah. And what I like about the, even just when we talk about just the beginning of the movie, is that it shows all of those elements, but the music that plays before it is just so lighthearted and comical. Like it's just very. Da, 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 da. Da, da, da. It's not very. It's not dark and sinister. It's mm-hmm. very light and kind of what you know that it has this atmosphere, but it's very lighthearted and it's you know in the way it's setting up everything. Like yes, this is about to happen, but you know we're making it look all you know all uh, the atmosphere is looking very much like a horror. Your typical you know your your horror movie. The music's letting you know this is still going to be a comedy, mm-hmm. so get ready because you're about to go on a ride. And that's one thing I like about it. And the the music I think is it sticks with you because you'll you can just hear it and you know exactly where you know exactly what movie you're listening to. I think the characters uh, that that appear are so unique and so different, and the costumer was just really instrumental in every one of the characters' outfits. For example, Mrs. Peacock, her hat looks like peacock feathers, mm-hmm. and they flip around all the time, and that's, that's part of the comic uh, element of her character is her hat and those glasses that are like 1950s specials, you yes. know, and, uh, pointed on the ends and so forth. And, and so... Uh, then Mrs. Black, Mrs. White. Mrs. White is wearing yes. all black. Yes. And I understand that was Madeline Kahn's idea yes. uh, to to wear that. And then the bright red, uh, blood red lipstick of someone whose husbands have mysteriously disappeared. And, you know, the black 
indicating Black Widow type of thing. And yet when she opens her coat up, it's white. Yes. Inside. Uh, Mr. Green, he doesn't really wear green, but he's just sort of, you know, camouflaged almost. Yes. And uh, Professor Plum, of course, has the pipe and typical glasses that perhaps a professor would wear. Miss Scarlet, though, is not wearing red. She's wearing a, a blue, but she, her past is kind of a scarlet past, as we find out a little bit later. But just every aspect uh, helps to, to bring out the comedy, even through their name and costume uh, relationship adds to the movie, I think, as well. And uh, one thing I've read is that, uh, which I honestly, with the hundreds of times, if if we can, it, if it's even just that little, um, that I've watched this movie, I hadn't really even paid enough attention to this, but it's, um, what I read is that each color of the characters' vehicles is the color of their game piece. So I that's something I hadn't paid enough attention to because yeah. I'm there's so much else going on that you don't think about that. And I found that very fascinating. I was like, Oh, well, of course. So <laughs> I, that's, you know, that's just more clever and very thought out, uh, you know, filmmaking and credit the director obviously for that. And it's one of those things. So real quick for people that haven't, if you haven't watched the movie clue, I don't know or have never played the board game. It's a cast of characters that wind up at a mansion. They're there because uh, they're being blackmailed by someone, by someone named Mr. Body. So they get they meet up there. It's during, it takes place in the 1950s. It doesn't give any specific year. Or is it New England 1954? That might be it. Um, and they have, they're meeting there, and so each person shows up, and they get introduced to each other. And then through the course of the film, you wind up, you find out that, uh, you find out that they know each, each person knows each other somehow from their past. So each person has a motive to kill someone else or to kill someone that's there because of either a piece of blackmail or because they were, they are part of the reason why they were blackmailed. If that makes sense. And then... When Mr. Body shows up, he tries to get them to kill Wadsworth, and then they can all leave, and no one's the wiser. And then when the lights go out, boom, someone dies, and then hilarity, more or less, you know, just becomes a farce. I mean, it's just a comedy of errors throughout the rest of the movie. And then just, it is just, the dialogue is not only witty i mean it's just you pick up something every i'd still to this day pick up something new every time i watch that movie that you don't catch the first time because either you're laughing or you just it just doesn't click in your head because this movie's now one oh lord i'm gonna do math now <laughs> 85 95 uh, 2015 is now 34 years old yeah i did math um it's 34 years old I am 41 currently, so I've been watching this movie, what, at least since 86, 87, probably, 
So I've been watching this movie almost at least 25, 30 years, give or take, ballpark it. And so to this day, for me to still find something new, it's saying something. And it's just remarkable how, because as you, as you get older, obviously your sense of humor matures too. You start understanding more jokes because you mature and you learn more about the world and different things. So different things become funny. So the things that when you first watch it are still funny, but as you get older, I find that, you know, you find that, oh, this is funny because this actually means it's funny because of this reason. And not to get too off subject, that's kind of how Blazing Saddles is for me now too. <laughs> Cause that's, we can both agree. I saw that wait. We saw that way, way too, too early. However, we saw the TV edited, edited version first. Right. So, you know, so please, you know, don't try and say, well, your mom, I don't know about that. You know, rated R movie, you're letting your kids watch boys and stuff. No, it was a T it was an edited version that was made for TV. So a lot of that stuff was edited out. It wasn't until later on, we decided to go rent it from the, from the video store. And there was so much more in there, but we also were so young. We didn't get the humor that was not appropriate. We were laughing at the physical humor more than the uh, the dialogue humor, I guess is a good way to put it. Well, which uh, a case in point is when the uh, policeman shows up uh, and uh, he is has seen a car broken down. He comes in to find out uh, if everything's okay. And of course it's not. And yeah. they can't, he wants to use the phone. Well, they can't put him into <laughs> two or three of the rooms because there are dead the bodies, bodies in, in there. there. And so in their efforts to try to clean up the scene, they put him on a wild goose chase and then they bring him back into yeah. this, the rooms that he wanted to see where there were bodies. Well, the bodies are still there, but they're being used uh, in mm. different ways. For example, the, the one chauffeur guy, I think, uh, yeah, He's in a chair, and they put booze on him to yeah. make it look like he's just drunk. And passed out. And yeah. passed out. And the the policeman says, well, I, I hope uh, he's not going to drive home by himself. Yeah, oh, so no, 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 we won't let him drive. No, no we'll get him a car. Not. Yeah, we'll get yeah. him a car. Yeah, a long black car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a limo. A limo, <laughs> then, yeah. then she says, yes. yeah. yeah. And so just little things like that yeah. are things that you would not have probably caught on no, to. No, because you wouldn't have thought, I would, no, I wouldn't have thought, first, yeah, you know. Her, you know, but it's a body. And it's just, and it, and it was just like snap, yeah. just quick. And you just have, you have to be on your toes to listen to that. So it looks like a party's going on. And then they've got uh, Mrs. Peacock is moving her arms around the cook. Who is leaning into uh, Professor, Professor. Plot? No, no, Mr. Green. Mr. Green. And it looks like they're making out. Yeah. And she's just totally disgusted it's, because she's, you know, touching yeah. the dead body. Right. So just that, I mean, seeing that was yeah. funny. Yeah. Her. Yeah. But then realizing what, you know, that was supposed to represent. Yeah. You got later, and he's going, oh, well, I won't. I won't interrupt you guys anymore. Paraphrased, you know. Right. I'll just—they're just, just having they're some fun, fun in there. It's and, a free country. Yeah. I know it's that free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, 
So that's yeah. that's another one of yes. those times when you you know things are going on. You really you see it and laugh, but when you're older, you go, oh yeah, yeah that is that's pretty what funny. That means. Well, and one thing that really uh, you know, and, and I don't know how long how many how long it took me to kind of notice this one when they're carrying you know they so I ended up collecting the debat the the dead bodies and putting it all in one room. So the two guys grab uh, grab the chauffeur and put him in there. It's kind of a guy about my height, you know, about my height and weight, about probably 5'8", 185. And the two guys take him and flop him over the couch. Well, then the two ladies <laughs> take the cook by themselves, dragging her, and she's a very large woman, and then have to try and hoist her up and and put her on the on, on, over the other side of the couch. Yeah, and it was just humorous because the guys weren't helping the girl. You know, it seemed like it was yeah. disproportionate, like it should have been the yeah, other way around. Way around. But it was uh, that part. I I like that's so like that's smart. Like that's just yeah. That's not something you just like. That's something you wouldn't think is probably in the script. Mm-hmm. But they go. They're probably on set going, you know, it would be great. Let's do it like this. Mm-hmm. And it's just smart. Like, it's just very smart and very, and very interesting. And, uh, well, of course, they yeah. had to watch and be careful because Cook's got this huge knife, knife sticking out of her yeah. back. Yeah. So they can't put her on her back or sit her in the yeah. caps. They have to throw her over the arm. arm. Yes. So it's just, um, but yeah, it's very here, and it's just it's just things like that. So uh, something else, kind of. So the Madeline Kahn, who plays uh, who plays Mrs. White, who I absolutely love. Between that, Blazing Saddles, and High Anxiety, and just some of her other girls, I, I just think she, I love her so much, and you know, wish I could have enjoyed her more when she was with us. Um, but her her little monologue thing about the flames <laughs> flames on the side of her flames. face heaving breath heaving breath anyways that monologue uh for hatred for Yvette the maid was actually ad libbed so it wasn't even in the script oh no and it's just like and it's classic I mean you just because we do that here mm-hmm. you know and uh is hilarious and it just cracks me up. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I cannot believe that. That's, you know, that's, um, when she says it, just straight face. Yeah. I mean, just, just you wouldn't know it's that. No. no, she, it's just, just like it was part of the character. Yeah. You know, and the, her intonation when she says yeah. everything gives it humor. Yes. You know, with that, I mean, she's just standing there delivering this lines. Yeah. She's made up. Yeah. Fabricated lines. And it's hilarious. Yeah. And it just, and it lands. I mean, yeah. it just lands. So, uh, one thing I didn't notice when I was, even when I was younger, I kind of figured this one out because I could figure out acronyms fairly well. Helps that I'm in law enforcement now. Yeah. So there's nothing but acronyms. Um, but uh, when Professor Plum indicates that dinner that he works for the well, World Health Organization, mm-hmm. and uh, they ask, "Well, you know, what do you do there?" He says, "Well, I work," or he says, "I work for uh, the United Nations." Well, what do you do there? 
So while I work with a branch of the United Nations, the World Health Organization. So take the acronyms together. <laughs> he means that he works for you know who, so, which always cracked me up. And and that's one of those things you actually have to think about first. Yeah. So I just in that thing, I, and every time he says, I'm like, that's just so funny. That's one that kind of just works just right. Um. So, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, Demi Moore. And Madonna were all considered for the role of the Bucks and French Maid Yvette. So, the one who, Colleen Camp, who was the one that played Yvette, she was before, uh, before Clue, she was known to be in the Police Academy movies. She played Tackleberry's wife, or, well, girlfriend in the first one or two, and then they got married. And, uh, so, yeah, so, and she looks completely different. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just so crazy. And then I, I saw her in an episode of House, and it's just, unre- she's, she was unrecognizable. I was just like, wow. Granted, it's been 30 years, but still, I mean, yeah. it's just one of those, she just changed so much. Um, but eager to earn the part, Colleen Camp went to her audition in a French-made costume. Uh, <laughs> uh, so he said that, uh, so Jonathan went in an interview a few years back, admitted that, Although he was impressed with uh, Camp's comedic acting skills, it was her well-endowed figure that ultimately convinced him there was no avoiding it. So, yeah, I mean, that was essentially the part, you know, yeah. kind of part of the humor of that part was mm-hmm. because of that. So, yeah. and uh, I'm right, it was, the Clue was the first movie based on a board game. Sadly, it was not the last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Battleship. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, <laughs> and one of the things I really liked, you know, and her her performance, like just, I don't know, because all of hers is just, it's not really so much what she says, mm-hmm. it, but how she reacts to the scenes, like how she reacts to the other characters mm-hmm. is what I kind of adds to her community before. And she's in heels, trying yes. to walk around. And uh, there's a part in the movie where they try, you know, the characters try and they try and uh, draw straws mm-hmm. to see, and they're going to pair up to, and they're going to search the house to find the killer, even though one of them is the killer. <laughs> but they're going to, so they draw straws, see who gets paired up with who, and so it's humorous because Mr. Green is in the movie is gay, so of course Professor Plum and Colonel Mustard both would want to, you know, mm-hmm. pair, get paired up with. Yvette the maid. Yeah. So, you know, they say, they say, you know, well, I don't want to go up in the, she talks about how she doesn't want to go up in the attic because it's dark and scary up there. Who, you know, will anybody ever go with me? And Colonel Mutcher says, I will. And Professor Professor Plum says, I will. And then Mr. Green says, no, thanks. (laughs) Or I'll pass or something like that. And it's just funny. So when they draw straws, Mr. Green and Yvette both get paired up together. And that's, and that just adds more to to yeah. the to the humor. Yeah, well. And uh, <laughs> um, so the way they and kind of get back to if you think about how well thought out this movie is, so they didn't just go, okay, well, it's it's going to be a dumb movie about you know a board game. They paired up the way they did the secret passages mm-hmm. leads to you know it's. Basically, if you love the board game, you'll just, you know, it's kind of one of those things you're like, oh, 
the Secret Patrick's Way, like in the board game, goes straight to the same rooms that you know in the movie, as it does in the board game, and how that's cool, and how they took the time at least to think that much through, because there is some, there are movies that have just lazy writing, and it's just whatever reason, mm-hmm. just has lazy writing, they won't do any research or think to do anything of it. Sarah, I didn't ask you, and <laughs> and so it's. It was just great to see how that worked. And the entire set was, you know, was a, the entire mansion was a set. Except for the ballroom, which was actually filmed at a mansion in Pasadena. So, a little interesting nugget there. And one thing, and this kind of, this is something I've always thought I wish someone would do. I wish someone would take Clue and turn it into a play. Because I think it works great as a farce. I mean, it's you don't need all the rooms. Just you can have, uh, just like they would have the staircases and stuff like that. And they'd have two rooms maybe. And then the others could just be something that's at the front of the stage that they just kind of add mm-hmm. to or something. Because I think it just works so well. Because it's all about the characters. And not necessarily, you know, mm-hmm. you don't even because you don't need to add music numbers. It just works great. As a farce, kind of like noises off. You don't need, mm-hmm. you know, anything elaborate, and it could work great. And it's just something I always wish someone would would do. And because I think it would be a hit, because mm-hmm. it's again just the lines and the humor is kind of just because it's a comedy. That's you don't need anything. It could be. I mean, it could almost be a bear set and just do it almost like an hour town type thing. But you would still need stairs and stuff like that. But you know, you just do the sounds of people going thud or something like that. You know? mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, it's just something I've always wished someone would do for like 20 years now. I've kind of wished someone <laughs> would just, would go ahead and put on the play and then I can audition. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care for what role. I wouldn't even care. I just, like part of me, like, I, I don't know if you've ever thought about, like, thought about this, like while watching it, what character, like given the chance, what character would you want to play in the movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think probably Mrs. Peacock. And why is that? She's ditzy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd fall right into that. Yeah. I wouldn't be acting, but uh, yeah. I she she's just she's a busybody. Um, she has a secret, but she doesn't want anybody to know her secret. But she wants to find out about all the characters. Like right. at dinner, she's trying to get the conversation going mm-hmm. and. Nobody wants to, to talk, talk because they're scared to death of why they're there yeah. and wondering how everyone's connected to it. And she just starts blathering about every just, small, every <laughs> every piece of, and that's something I got too as I got older. Because yeah. when you're a kid, you don't know anything about small talk. Yeah. And she uses every single possible small talk device. Mm-hmm. Just to try to get somebody to talking, talk, talking about the it. food, talking about what they do. Talking about the weather, I mean, and you're just sitting there, and it, like, yeah, and I'm just like, as I go to, I'm like, this is funny because, yeah, I know people like, because you, because everybody knows somebody like that, yeah, that they just don't do well with silence at a, you know, at a mm-hmm. table, yeah. She, well, and she was a, a her, she was in Washington as yes. a socialite, yeah, and she gave parties, and it was her kind of job yeah. to yeah. get people to get involved and into. Yeah. You know, meeting each other yeah. and getting them started in conversation and moving on to someone else. That's what a good host is 
yeah. back then especially yeah. did they cared about they wanted to be the best party in town yeah and so they would make sure that their guests had a good time and so here she is at this big table and she's slurping her soup, soup yeah. and trying to get the conversation going and the the less they talk or they try to get her to shut up <laughs> the more the faster she talks yeah. the more she tries to say until you know she just gives up yeah and uh, she to me she's hilarious now i like the other two yeah characters uh, the two women in it but uh, and three if you count it but yeah just she just cracks me up and she's just i don't know that would be me that would be you see i'm kind of torn because i would want to play wadsworth but not i wouldn't want to play it like tim curry but i would definitely want to play it more of a yeah i don't know but i would want to do it different but i'm not sure how like i've thought yeah. of a couple of different ways but i'm like eh, i don't know and then because I, I don't know, because I just think that would be a lot of fun. I mean, it's a lot of running. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I hate to run, but for theater. Um, but I don't know. I almost think I would do, I would enjoy Mr. Green. But I think I could really play kind of the, uh, <laughs> I could play Colonel Mustard, but it would be, I think Colonel Mustard would probably be the most challenging for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's so, you know, military person, but yet mm-hmm. he's also dumb as a box of rocks yeah so and no. he's kind of he's just he's just got that military brain and that you know trying to go after girls but yet uh you know no meaning it, yes or yes meaning, meaning no, no. <laughs> this is that's one of the it is and it's the whole movie, and you know and i think about and i think i uh and i've used that me i've actually made a meme and used it before um on the evil world of Twitter. Um, I've used that to, to on different arguments and especially in this day and age politics, I use it because I'm like, if someone says no, it's like no meaning yes or yes. me. It's like, well, which is it? And, uh, and then they say, and then they all chat. No. And he says, well, that's what he says. Yeah. Does he know? And it's just, <laughs> I'm just like, uh, and I'm like, I, I would have fun because it would be challenging for me to try and do that one mm-hmm. and not, it would, you know, it's not that I do, I've ever done much acting, but I, like, I think about stuff like that mm-hmm. when I watch this movie. And there's not a whole lot of movies that I, I sit and go, I wonder how I would do this, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I, you know, I just, I'm like, no, this is good. And Clue is good, but it's. I think about it because I think about it from a theater aspect. You know, if they were to do this mm-hmm. as theater, yeah. you know, I would definitely want to because I love this so mm-hmm. much that I have such a love and, and respect for this movie. I would want to do it. I would definitely want to try and do it on theater because I would have a blast. And I honestly don't even care which one. <laughs> I'd just be like, just give me one of them. I, I don't even care. I'll audition for all of them. And so, um, I don't know if I could do Professor Plum. I, if I do it, if I did Professor Plum, it wouldn't be as sleazy. Mm-hmm. It'd be more coming like from a more charming kind of way. Yeah, he is a sleazeball. <laughs> He's a sleazeball, but mine would be more of a charming sleazeball that you're like, <laughs> it's like a he's trying. Boy, yeah. it's just one of those like he he tries too hard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's 
Like it would be, I would be more char. It would be more charming, but it'd be like going over like too much. Like mm-hmm. you're trying too hard, bro. Just kind of yeah. calm down, simmer down. You know that that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And that would be my kind of how I would approach that. And it it's it's a it's very interesting. You know, I can't. It's kind of hard to describe. But at the same time, I'm also like, would I want to direct it though? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. A hundred times probably no. But every now and then, a little bit get, gets in my mm-hmm. head. Like, oh, yeah, I could do that. Oh, yeah, I think I could have fun with that. And I'm like, no, you'll give yourself ulcers again. Let's let's not do that. <laughs> Take a step back and let's just go with choosing a, a small role. Yeah. Um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about as far as... Uh, oh, I was just uh, looking here at the slapstick yeah. that Tim Curry... I mean, <laughs> he's he was amazing. In that, and I would think exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> because at the end, especially, he's just running back and forth. Well, actually, through the whole movie, when they're running to find, you know, try yeah. to find the cook, and and Mr. Green leans up against the uh, freezer, and she falls out of yeah. the freezer. It, it just, and then they run somewhere else, and they're just, you know, continually, and then he recaps. In the there, end, yes. exactly what's happening there. It just he goes wacko, yeah. you know, and it, that was just amazing. I think, and and I love the fact that um, they gave it three endings. Three I endings, think it was. yes. Because how do you not give it an ending? And that's yeah. kind of what they thought, I think. Is yeah. and yet, how do you choose just one? You right. know, and. And I think if you did it on uh, stage, that maybe at intermission you could have sort of a a, uh, a voting yeah. type of thing. You know, who do you think did it? Yeah. And people could vote, and then that's how they would skew the ending at that show. And it could be different every time. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. So about the endings. So there, yeah. So there were um, for. If you haven't seen it, there are, at the end, especially when you're watching on DVD or digital or streaming, however you know you watch, decide to watch it. Um, there were three endings that were shot, and a different one shown at each theater. All three are included on the video, or you know when I watch it on VHS. Now the DVD uh, has uh, from all three endings. Even I don't, I know on the original DVD you can actually choose um, all three endings or random. Right. So it'll yeah. sometimes choose it for you know which you know whichever. Um. So aside from all three endings, also offers the option to yeah play the movie, um, randomly select an ending. In some cities, the newspaper print ads indicated which version, ending A, ending B, or ending C, was being shown at each theater. So it didn't tell you who did it, what but it, it just was, it yeah. just said A, B, or C. So I thought that's huh. that was very interesting too as well. Um, but yeah, and I think that's clever for them to do that. That's mm-hmm. I mean that's really showing some thought. So and you're talking about Tim Curry, so he goes from playing this to the next year he plays the devil essentially in the movie Legend with Tom Cruise. It's a fantasy movie. I don't think you've ever seen it. I've only seen it like once or twice because it's not it's not my favorite Tom Cruise movie and I'm not 80s fantasy. The closest thing that I could think of would be Never Ending Story and that's like every now and then. 
But other than that, I mean, unless it's Star Wars is more sci-fi, not fantasy. <laughs> Anyways, so I never really got, I couldn't get into Legend. But the fact that Tim Curry played like the bad guy and all this makeup and just, I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> of course, later that year, I believe it is, <laughs> that year or the next, he, no, I think it was 1990. I mean, he goes on to play Pennywise in the TV the TV, uh, TV movie adaptation of Stephen King's, it, which terrified me. Mm. Terrif- I still, to this day, have a hard time. I, I watched it not too long ago before the remake came out. I basically, to help get over my fear of that of Tim Curry's Pennywise the Clown, I rewatched it, and I realized that I wasn't as scared as I used to, because I watched that when... So I had been like around 1989, 90. Mm. Um, I watched it. You had that little black and white, mm-hmm. whatever, nine inch TV. Yeah. And then you got a new one and then I got that TV. Mm-hmm. I watched it in black and white and was still terrified. Oh my God. Terrified. And it was a TV movie. And oh, I was wow. terrified. Of course, then again, thinking still terrified of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. So oh, it's just, yeah. Oh, no. So, but, but no, it's, it, it's, uh, so it's, but yeah, so Tim Curry playing, Tim Curry, I mean, aside, most people agree is an amazing actor because he could play comedy, he could play drama, he can sure play the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in, even in the movie Oscar was Sylvester Stallone and Peter Reigert and Marissa Tomei and all these other great actors. He, there's Tim Curry. He plays the elocutionist mm. who falls in love with Marissa Tomei. And, you know, he's just, yeah. and he's just, you know, kind of adorable in that. You know, it's just <laughs> in that movie. A lot of people do not like that movie. I have a soft spot. I have no idea why I love that <laughs> movie so much because Sylvester Stallone is definitely not known for his comedies. Mm-hmm. That one, Stop More More Mom or Shoot. Maybe <laughs> yeah. not as, I, I enjoy those, but oh, it's, I'll be the first one to admit it's not the, it's a guilty pleasure for me. Yeah. Just, just because I grew up with it. Um, but yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, it's hard. Of course, we were going to go see Stop When My Mom Will Shoot because mm-hmm. Estelle Getty was in oh, it. Yeah. And thanks to you, my love of Golden Girls. Um, <laughs> you know, how are we not going to go? Yeah. How are we not going to go watch that? So um, I guess the last thing I kind of want to talk about as far as, at least for me, uh, when it comes to Clue is that if you like this, if you like Clue and you have not seen a movie that you introduced me to, mm-hmm. if you have not watched Murder by Death, it's uh, based on a Neil Simon play, find that somehow. I'm not sure. Either check your... I always recommend people to check their local library first because mm-hmm. everybody should be going to the local library for books and for movies even because... Depending on where you are, it depends on how good your selection is. Mm-hmm. Fortunate living in Nashville that we have the uh, Nashville Davidson County Library branches is amazing for for books as well as DVDs and audiobooks. I mean, just everything you need. Anyways, um, so try and find it. Um, see if it's streaming or just uh, or you can purchase it. I mean, honestly, it's worth it. It's funny. It's a 1970s whodunit that takes the literary detectives like Mrs. Marple and uh, Perot and 
Charlie Chan, and basically they just changed the names to the characters, but you could tell that's who they were supposed to be. And they put them in, you know, another Haunted Mansion type mm-hmm. thing and have them try and essentially solve a crime. And it's very funny. I think it's still, I think it ages well because I didn't mm-hmm. watch it that long ago. Yeah. Um, it's got a lot of great actors. John Gilgood plays the blind butler. So Obi-Wan as a blind butler. Um, uh, Peter Falk as Sam Spade, or at least the, you know, who Sam Spade's supposed to be. And Peter Sellers as, uh, I can't think of his character's name, but he plays basically the Charlie Chan character. And it's just Wong. That's who it is. And uh, David Niven plays the Thin Man, mm-hmm. which is funny because that's who he played in the... Um, no. Yeah. No. No. That's yeah. correct. Yeah, I can't think of his name, but yes. I'll top of my head, but uh yeah. Peter, yeah, Peter Lawford played the thin man in yes. on TV. Yes. And uh Powell. Yes, Dick Powell. Dick Powell. Thank you. Thank you. I can I know I kept going Miro Myrna Loy, but no, that's the other half. And yeah. I'm like I got I was like, what's the other one? What's the other one? I can picture him. But uh, Niven looks just like him. That's why I was like, oh, yeah, that's wrong. Yeah. But yeah, so definitely want to recommend uh, Murder by Death if you haven't watched that. Um, it would make a good double feature. <laughs> yes. And it's another one, uh, too, that I think is for all ages because I saw it when I was probably in my teens. But I think he was it's still... in black and white. No, it's in color. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. It's in the 70s. Oh, and uh, freaking Truman Capote's in it, which oh, is yes. random. And it's kind of, that's the most 70s thing I think I could say about that movie. Mm-hmm. It's that Truman Capote's in it. And I guess essentially plays the bad guy in it. Yeah. And I can't think of her name, the bounty lady. The red hair. That oh, plays the Nancy, uh, the one that plays the yes. deaf. Uh, yes. Nancy, I can't think, Walker. Walker, thank you. Yes. Walker. Nancy Walker. Yes. So yes, a, a deaf mate, a deaf cook, mm-hmm. a deaf cook and a blind butler. So it's an interesting that should tell you. Yes, and they have to communicate to each other. So it's very so you can imagine. So yeah, it's it's amazing. So definitely check that one out too. So that'll be two good recommendations. Um, Anything else you want to add? No. Okay. In fact, I just before we started thought about Murder by Death, and uh, I'd recommended that to somebody uh, that uh, I work with that. Likes Clue and yeah. some of those, and and so I, I actually had it on DVD and loaned it to him, and he thought it was hilarious. Yeah, and I agree, and I I would recommend it to anybody, and um, because I know we have a copy, and mm-hmm. I can't remember if Ruth's watching or not, but yeah. Um, oh, before I wrap up, I did want to kind of I did forget to when we were talking about just different things about the movie. So the director, um, so what I always like to do whenever I talk about movies is look up what the director's done. What have they done in the past? What do they have coming up? So you kind of get an idea of if they've got a certain genre they kind of stick to to show whether or not you can kind of generally sometimes judge what's their style, I guess, what they're, how they like to direct or what kind of movies they like to direct. If what they're, you're watching is going to be a departure from what they've directed in the past um, or what. So Jonathan Wynn 
directed, let me give you a few movies of Jonathan. When First of all, Clue was his first feature film um, from 1985. He, direct, he went on to direct My Cousin Vinny with uh, Joe Pesci and Marissa Tomei. The Distinguished Gentleman with Eddie Murphy, who I still have a soft spot for that movie. Because I think I actually learned a lot about government watching that movie, oddly <laughs> enough. And also learned a lot about uh, cancer clusters from power lines, which is an actual, you know, true, and it's an actual thing. So it's kind of humorous that in this comedy, there's, I actually learned a lot about various different things. And, you know, and I love that movie too. Um, Jonathan Wynn also directed Sergeant Bilko. And uh, with Steve Martin, Trial and Error with uh, Kramer. Uh, Michael, I'm already drawing a blank. Yep, and uh, Jeff Daniels, and then the whole nine yards with, with uh, Bruce Willis, Amanda Peet, um, Matthew Perry, uh, and Kevin Pollock, which I also that's another classic one. I just nineties mm-hmm. one. That's actually watching that movie is when I re, is when I first found out that Canadians put mayonnaise on their hamburgers. And I, I was like, why would they do that? That sounds so gross. Because I'd never heard of people putting mayonnaise yeah. on their hamburgers until then. And then, like, since then, I'm like, apparently a lot of people do, and I just don't know about this. This is just news to me. So, uh, but those are just a few. So you kind of see, he kind of sticks to comedies, and, uh, and he kind of has, and he hasn't really deviated. And he's, I think the last credit he has is from, like, 2013. I think it was a TV episode of something. It was interesting. Yeah. So he hasn't really done much in the last six years. He's probably retiring or just Mm kind of um, taking some time off. But um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I I wanted to be sure I kind of threw out. So when I'm thinking about after, you know, when we were kind of talking before we started recording, I'm trying to think about, well, what movie am I going to talk about for the last movie I saw? Because technically the last movie I saw was Secret Life of Pets 2. But that also kind of goes to the last movie I took my kids to go see. If we, uh, And it was good. Uh, we originally went to go see Aladdin. Because my daughter wants to go see Aladdin. So we, I told her we'd go see it. Uh, my son came along even though he had no interest, has no interest in seeing Aladdin. We get there and it's sold out. The movie's been out three weeks but they were sold out. So we had to do a backup, and our backup was seeing The Secret Life of Pets 2. So we went, um, got my daughter talked off a cliff, <laughs> um, and agreed to seeing that, and that we would go see Aladdin again. You know, we'd go see it later. And she thought the next day, and I'm like, no, no, no. You've got dance, and then you've got dance, and then you got recital rehearsal, and then you have recital. I said, so if you're lucky, maybe Sunday. We'll see. And then, uh, so anyways, she, we watched uh, Secret Life of Pets 2, and the kids really enjoyed it. It's a great kids movie. Uh, she had not seen the original, I don't think. I might have put it on once, but I don't think she actually watched it. And But she was happy to go watch it, and they laughed. They thought it was really entertaining. I actually laughed at some points. It's not the worst movie I've seen. You know, for a kid's movie, it's, you know, it's it serves a purpose. You know, it gets them out of the house. They laugh. They have a good time. I'm happy because I get to spend time with my, you know, with 
with the kids and watching them laugh and, you know, eat their snacks and just enjoy going to the movies, which is, you know, one of my favorite things to do and to do with them. And so they, uh, but they really enjoyed it. And it's, it's a simple plot, you know, basically they go out of town. Uh, Max and Doug go out of town with their humans to the farm and they have to, they've never been outside the city. So they're learning farm life and, one of the dogs there that's voiced by Harrison Ford is trying to teach these city dogs, you know, what it's like on the farm. And uh, Max had developed anxiety because his human, his humans had uh, ended up having a baby. So he's very protective of his baby and is afraid the baby's going to get hurt while they're out. And he develops this anxiety. So it's about, uh, it's about Harrison Ford's character helping Max cure his anxiety by becoming brave and you know and realizing everything will be fine if you just kind of take that extra step you know and that that uh you kind of have to learn to live a little bit and Mm -hmm. be brave so it's i mean it's not a whole lot it's not really shooting hard for the moral lesson it's not looking for the you see to me Mm. but (laughs) but it's um but it you know it's just there just to tell an entertaining story and you know uh there's like some other side plots that go along with it, which is yeah, not really worth getting into. But again, there are some humor, humorous parts. If you have kids, you'll probably go see it because there's not much else out right now. So there's pretty much, I think, Aladdin and Serial Life of Pets 2. And from what I understand, unless your kids are old enough to see Spider-Man, uh, that comes out July 2nd. There's really not much else to take your kids to go see. So it's, uh, you're kind of slim pickings at the moment. So, uh, but yeah, so I, I would, would I recommend, I mean, if you need to get them out of the, get your kids out of the house. Yeah. Go take them to go see that. If not, yeah, you could, you, you could wait till it's not going to hurt you to wait till DVD, you know, rent it at Redbox for a night and then, and then do it that way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fine movie. I, I wasn't bored. Let's put it that way. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't bored with it. Um, so real quick, uh, not really going to cover trailers cause I really don't have anything to discuss. Um, but what I will discuss is a couple of movies that are still on my list that are out in theaters that I haven't had a chance to go see for me, not necessarily with the kids because I pretty much, I got that covered with Aladdin. Um, so with my daughter and my son and I went and saw Godzilla which I'm going to cover on a different episode because I have a special guest I'm going to talk to uh, that I'm going to interview that is a huge Godzilla fan in the way that I'm like a huge Batman fan. So that's going to be a great conversation that will give me some insight as somebody that doesn't really know much about Godzilla. So I'll be, uh, be getting a nice little learning lesson. So the two that are on my list are Booksmart that's, uh, that is directed by it's Olivia Wilde's directorial debut that looks to me looks funny i showed you the trailer before we recorded to kind of give you an idea i know it's not your type of movie <laughs> but i wanted you to always see it so you know what mm-hmm. i was talking about yeah it's gotten really good reviews so i'm curious so it's and it's an indie film i mean it's an independent film i'm always about the independent film so of course i want to support them if i can and then the one that's not an independent film that you and that's on 
uh, your mean mean yours, yours and ours. Our, our. <laughs> there we go. Our uh, our West is Rocket Man because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. now I'm not an Elton John fan in the same way I'm not a Queen fan. However, the what I've seen of the trailer and everything I've seen and read about the film, it is the way I think they should have approached. I wish they would have approached Bohemian Rhapsody in a more fantastical, not just straight biopic. Because mm-hmm. it even says mm-hmm. a fantasy, you know, a true fantastical story. Mm-hmm. So it's it evokes, and you could obviously tell in the tr- in the uh, trailer that when they when he's singing Rocket Man and then his he starts floating, then everybody in the audience starts floating. It's obviously not, <laughs> you know, a biopic, and it's the best described. It from whatever you know the few reviews I've I've listened to is that it is a musical. They took his music and incorporated it into parts of his life, and that's how the music gets incorporated. It's not straight concert music like in Bohemian Rhapsody where they show him in concerts or, you know, oh, hey, I have this idea for a song. Doon, doon, doon. Yeah. Doon, doon, doon. We will. Yeah. So, but it's the songs were made, you know, to fit to the story that's being told. So that's very creative. And I like yeah. that. And I like Taron Edgerton as an actor. I think he's, I think he's very talented. Um, I think he's got a, he's young, so he's got a good future. He's he's yeah he's British. But I want to be sure I, he's not. I believe he's British, not Australian. I'll probably butcher that one. Um, that's what I get for not doing my research. Mm-hmm. But after I watch it, that's what I will. Um, but for me, again, I'm not a huge Elton John fan, but I will. But I want to go see it because it it looks amazing. Like just storytelling wise, it looks great. Um, I'm not sure if you, I'm not sure what your thoughts on are on Sir Elton. I love Sir Elton. Okay. I like his music. I grew up during that era, so it, uh, yeah, I've always liked him. He's flamboyant. He's kind of the uh, younger version of uh, uh, Liberace a little, you know, a showman. And uh, I, I can't wait to see it. So yeah. this will be a good one yes. for us to discuss yes. from yes. two separate. I love the music. Yes. You don't like the music. So. Right. And it's not that I don't. It's just I'm like, I don't have it like on iTunes. Like I don't have it on my iTunes. Right. But if it's on the radio, I'll sing along. I mean, I know the yeah. songs. It's not. Um, I don't get annoyed whenever I'm like, oh, God, Elton's on. Yeah. Unless it's Circle of Life. <laughs> <laughs> Circle of Life. No, I'm done with Lion King. No, no, thank you. Um, yes, no. just like I love Phil Collins, but don't put the Tarzan soundtrack on. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, we'll have to, after both of us have seen it, right. I'll, uh, we'll have to record via, we'll, I'll hit you up on Skype and okay. we'll have to record that way and yeah. talk about it. So we'll take, be sure to take notes cause I'll take, cause I'll have right. my, because you know I have my amounts. yes. Because yes. you know I have I'll have my notepad with. Yep. I'll come prepared, you. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes. Um. Gosh, I guess that's about it. Is there anything else you want to? I can't think of a thing. Thanks for uh, letting me go on and on about movies. I love them. Yes. And well, you know, genetics that yeah. happens. So you know, when <laughs> get 
two of us together, especially on a movie that uh, we both love. And, you know, one thing I got luck, you know, one thing is I find it humorous and I'm pretty sure she would, she'll find it, uh, you know, Ruth talked about it. My wife talked about it when, when, uh, you know, we were talking about this the other night about you, mm-hmm. about when, uh, told her that, you know, you said the last movie you watched was Clue. And then she goes, Oh, Oh, oh did you tell her that every time you put it on and I hear them, and I hear the doorbell or the door ring, ding, 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 ding. I always go, oh, because my wife, too, loves the movie. And that is, I, without a doubt, hands down, every single time it's on. And that first ding, 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 ding like the music's not what's going to tip her off. Yeah. It's the doorbell because yeah. each character, you know, the doorbell rings each time someone comes to the door. So it's a very distinctive ring. And so I always tell her, I said, you have a Pavlovian response to the clue doorbell thing. That every time it rings, the first time you go, oh, and you get cinema. Yeah, it's very funny. And, and it's, but it's true that every single time she does that, if she's awake, um, I'm pretty sure she would probably do it in her sleep if she could. Um, but yeah, so I guess, uh, I guess we're going to wrap it up here. Um, and I will definitely talk to you next time. And you and I will talk again when after Rocket Man. Okay. So we'll do that. And I guess that's it. And until next time, be sure to recommend a movie to your friends and support your local library. Bye. Because like it actually has the tune from... Clue theme, where you're yeah. from.